Welcome everybody to Nutty Buddy Sports and on today's episode, Chris joins me and we talk about some of the coaching news happening around the NFL and then we get into recapping the NFL championship games, the AFC and the NFC that's coming up right here, right now on Nutty Buddy Sports. Welcome back to Nutty Buddy Sports. I am your host, Ryan. And on today's episode, what we're going to do is we are going to review or uh, recap the championship round of the playoffs. Another like crazy weekend, just another crazy weekend. And to do that with me, I have Chris. Chris, how's it going, man? It's going all right. Better than a uh, better day than Jaquiski Tart. Had, I'm sure. Yeah, I can't wait to talk about that game because that was like a, a huge play. But at the same time, like there was that other one where, where uh, Jalen Ramsey should have almost had a pick six on the other end. So it kind of almost mm-hmm. equaled out. But it's I, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm kind of get, getting your thoughts on the Niners game is going to be nice, especially like what they'll do with Jimmy G moving forward. We'll talk about that. So hold, hold, hold your opinion on that. Uh, we'll get into that, but let's uh, catch up before we get into recapping the championship weekend. That was let's uh, start off by some news that I haven't covered yet on the podcast. Uh, so let's first start with retirement news. Sean Payton retired. Um, any thoughts on that right away, Chris? Uh, I think that came out of nowhere. I don't, I mean, he kind of just seemed like he was a coach that would stay there for as long as he wanted to. They never really were bad. You know, they had some average years, but I don't think they ever were worse than eight and eight or seven and nine at the very worst. They were up, you know, obviously they went to like two or, you know, they, they went deep into the playoffs several years in a row toward mm-hmm. right at the end with Drew Brees. Um, almost very closely got to the playoffs this year with, a horrible, horrible offense. Um, yeah, he just seemed like a Belichick type that as long as his heart was in it, he was going to be with New Orleans forever. Yeah, I, I agree. Uh, he's only 56, I think, or 57. So he's actually quite young when you think about like Bill Belichick, almost 70 at this mm-hmm. point. I think he'll be back. Um, mm-hmm. Do you think that uh, basically uh, there was this rumor going around that McCarthy is going to get one more year? And now, you know, Sean Payton will get that year off. Mm-hmm. And then if McCarthy doesn't deliver, that he could be the next Cowboys coach. Oh, yeah, for sure. Because he got – he well, he started off in, with the Giants, and then he was with Bill Parcells in uh, Dallas when Bill Parcells was the coach. So, like, he has history in Dallas. So, I think it makes total sense. Um, Dan Quinn pulled his name – or he interviewed with a whole bunch of teams and then removed himself from consideration. So that's probably and why is that the Sharks are circle, circling around McCarthy. So this is his prove it year. And if he doesn't deliver, he'll be gone. And then, you know, probably Peyton will get it if he wants it. But Quinn is there also. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good point. And then they also have uh, Kellen Moore, you know, depending mm-hmm. on because they, they have high hopes for him mm-hmm. but i mean if you can get sean payton or the other two i think i'd go yeah. with sean payton just because his ability oh, 
his yeah his ability to win eight nine games this year with the rotating quarterbacks that he had was pretty impressive mm-hmm. yeah i mean yes do you want the established guy that you know you can do it or kellen moore is in his 30s you know he's a hot shot you know it's always like with these coordinators it's like they're really good at coordinating their role but once you're the top guy you know there's still a lot to be desired typically when they're that young you know mcveigh is obviously a very good coach we'll talk about we'll talk about him later but you know i still think (laughs) some of the actual like coaching decision making is shaky it's very rare you know cliff is a young coach same thing he's good at certain parts not so good at big picture things so you know if everyone thinks kellen moore is going to be great and he might be but he's still pretty young and inexperienced. Yeah, I, I agree with that 100%. Um, just to move our conversation forward, Tom Brady may have retired. He may not have retired. Uh, let's just imagine that he did retire. Uh, thoughts on that, Chris? Uh, thank you. That's the best news all week. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, you have to respect Tom Brady, obviously. He's the, he's the greatest winner ever, but it's like – you know, for me, it's kind of like the same thing with LeBron in basketball, where it's like nine times out of ten with LeBron, he's going to go deep into the playoffs, and it's yeah. like you know, it gets boring after a while. Like you, res- I respect it, but you want to see fresh blood, and Brady being at least in the divisional round or championship game every year, it's like that's what's so fun about the Bengals this year. It's like it's fresh blood. Um, so, you know, he's 44. He, I, I'm not entirely convinced that he's done because his goal was to play till 45. Mm-hmm. And obviously he still had a great year. So it's not like he's losing it at all. So I'm a little skeptical that he's just like, oh, I can't do it. It's like he doesn't seem like the, you know, quit. Not quitter isn't the right word because he played till 44 and won right. how many Super Bowls. But for him to just say, you know what, I'm going to achieve my goal one more year. I We'll see. Yeah. Yeah. No, I actually agree with you. There was actually another rumor speaking, you know, like I listened to these things and somebody talked about maybe him going because his, his childhood team, I think was San Francisco mm-hmm. growing up yeah. playing one yeah. last year in San Francisco. And I thought, man, mm-hmm. Jimmy G <laughs> go replace Jimmy G there. But I think yeah. his contracts up in, in, in Tampa Bay. So it's not like, yeah, it was a three year contract. Yeah. So, so anyway, that could be a possibility to for him if he doesn't retire. I, uh, I personally uh, would love to see him come to green Bay on a minimum veterans, minimum contract and win the super, you know, have enough money. They can re-sign Devontae Adams. They win a super bowl and it's just one spite move just to rub it in Aaron Rodgers' face that I'm better than you. And I always will be, that's kind of the dream for me. Yeah, I don't. I don't think that will happen because uh, <laughs> if you think Brady was upset for what Bill Belichick put around him, you let him go to Green Bay with that defense. You know, well, the defense was fine. It was the special teams, really. But yeah, I don't think yeah. Brady would like the the way no. that that organization's <laughs> been ran, but or uh, whatever it's being run. But yeah, no, that would be a little bit of a uh, yeah. That was kind of like. Um, I was telling my younger brother that like, I hope Rogers, he gets trade. He, he pulls a Brett Favre. He gets mm-hmm. traded to an AFC 
team for one year and then it, it, when he his contract's up he goes to an nfc north team the detroit mm-hmm. lions and he tells mm-hmm. Devante, i will meet you in detroit in one mm-hmm. year and then just oh, go yeah. to the super bowl there that'd be great yeah, that would yeah. be i'd be okay with that yeah he, he would have perfect conditions he would have uh yeah. amon's jane mm-hmm. brown and swift to work with and hawkinson and then you put adams on that team I'm telling mm-hmm. you they're building you're something. Yeah, you're yeah. good to go. <laughs> anyway, but yeah, no, that that would that would be funny if Brady went to Green Bay. I don't think that's happening. Um, okay, let's talk about some of these coaching that uh, the coaching hires that have already taken place uh, this offseason. So the Giants hired Brian Dayball. Josh McDaniel is going to um, Las Vegas. The Bears hired Everflus, and the other hiring is Nathaniel Hackett. Uh, by oh, the Broncos, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, any of those? Uh, first of all, any like of those hirings that you're kind of like looking forward to, or you're excited about, and any of them that you're like, I don't understand that. Um, the Bears just hiring the most boring. I mean, it's very probable that they couldn't get any of like the hot candidates because their their ownership is. I mean, well, it's the 99 year old lady but i mean the, it's the whole family is trickled down it's the team president and the board of directors or whatever and they're a mess they don't know what they're doing um so it's very probable that any of the good candidates didn't want anything to do with them i mean they were talking about bringing in jim caldwell who actually i think is like a pretty i don't think he's nearly as bad as his reputation is i agree but he's still like 67 years old and he's not exactly inspiring so anyways, they got the defensive coordinator from the Colts, and it's like, okay, that's that's fine. I mean, the Colts were good, but not great. I don't think their defense was, again, it was good. It wasn't, like, outstanding. So he must have interviewed well. But that that just screams 8-8 eight and eight forever. That's your well, ceiling. Yeah, and, and I don't really, like, in this day and age in the NFL, I feel like you almost should go offense. Now, now there's our oh, yeah. rare – rare occasions mm-hmm. like i do like the sala hiring but like mm-hmm. for the most part you go offense and especially when you have justin fields oh, for sure. so, yeah. so that's why it was a, a, a big question mark for me like why would they hire him when really the next three years are so crucial to yeah. this franchise of developing justin fields the right way so yeah. i was a little surprised about that hiring as well um Nathaniel Hackett, no matter what, I forget if it was the team president or whatever, they asked him, is this about getting Aaron Rodgers? And he's like, oh, no, 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 it's not. Yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah, right. Translation, <laughs> yes, it is. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I will see. I think that's purely – because I've said this multiple times. I think the Broncos have a pretty stacked lineup, except for they've had very average to poor quarterback play. Um, so basically his – success is purely based on getting Rogers there. Yeah. Um, I'm not purely convinced because he went to Denver and then the bears hired the, or their quarterbacks coach, the Packers quarterbacks coach to be their offensive coordinator, Luke Getzey. I am very skeptical of both of those just because no matter what happens, Aaron Rodgers are going to make both those guys look good. Yes. So I don't know how much they are bringing to the table scheme wise, especially the passing game coordinator when in the championship game, they only could get 
routes to Devonte Adams. <laughs> right, right. So he wasn't exactly. I mean, that's a lot of that is on Aaron Rodgers for staring him down. But my point is, they didn't exactly scheme a lot of guys open. So. I, I I agree. And, and the other thing, the nice thing though is if so, it goes back to like having Jerry Judy and mm-hmm. Sutton. You you got two really good wide receivers. I like Tim their tight. Yeah, t- yeah, and then I like their tight end, and I can't remember his name. Uh, yeah, there's no offense. That's and it. And then there's, um, there's a, someone with a unfortunately hard to pronounce name who's also very good. Um, yeah, I like Noah Fant, though. So I, I think, like, if you were going to trade him to Denver, you probably give up Sutton for sure because you're going to yeah. get Adams anyway, but you're going to give up first round picks and Sutton and then maybe a, a defensive player like, um, Sertan or or Bradley mm-hmm. Chubb, right? Bradley Chubb is there, yeah. so so it's going to take Albert, a little sorry, bit. Albert's, uh, Albert Albert Banam. that's the other guy. He's their other tight end. He's pretty good. He's probably like as good as Fant. Oh, really? Okay. So so I, at least to, in my opinion, they have more weapons to scheme with because, as you know, mm-hmm. maybe we don't entirely agree, but I'm not very impressed with the the pass catchers that green bay has outside of adams anyway Mm -hmm. but um no that you're absolutely right though that's an aaron Rodgers. we want to bring him in here move but my question to you is this so i was actually going to bring this up to you later but maybe i'll just ask you now because we're on the topic um Mm -hmm. so brady might be retiring right he's leaving Mm -hmm. the nfc right in the AFC, you have Justin Herbert, Joe Burrow, Josh Allen, and Patrick Mahomes. Like, you have to get mm-hmm. through those four guys for sure. And no mm-hmm. doubt to a tongue of Viola. I'm just throwing that out there <laughs> as a possibility. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Yeah. I'm just kidding. But, but my point is, what mo- like what incentive does Aaron Rodgers ha- has to yeah. go? Like, what does he have to go to the AFC for when the NFC is going to be so wide open next year? Yeah, because, I mean, you've got – You've got LA is going to be there. I mean, I don't know. Obviously, this was their all-in year. I don't know what their situation looks like going forward, who they're going to lose. They're still going to have Stafford. You know, they're Cup still going to be a good team. Yeah, he'll, they'll have Cup and Woods. I don't – Odell yeah. just had a one-year contract, so it's just going to be t- depending on how he feels about the situation. Mm-hmm. I think they'll still have Donald. Mm-hmm. And I think they've signed Ramsey, so they have those core guys. But yeah. my thing is, I would – I wouldn't, I'd rather face Stafford yeah. than Josh Allen, right. Mahomes, or Burrow. Well, right. That's, that's what I'm saying. It's like, yeah. who's your, who's your competition? Buccaneers probably are going to regress strongly at the rest of that division stinks. So you have the East, you have the Cowboys who will yeah. forever be pretenders as far as I'm concerned. And then the rest of that division is nothing special. And then the West, you have the Rams, the 49ers will be there. You know, Seattle is. Yeah, I think they but, trade Russell Wilson. I think he yeah. gets traded out of conference. I think like the Steelers are a team to watch out for mm-hmm. him, by the way. Yeah. But, yeah. So you basically have the Packers, Rams, and 49ers, maybe the Cowboys. But yeah, none of those are as strong as about, the AFC teams. Right. And it depends how you feel about Kyler Murray yeah. and that. But I would yeah, say, yeah. I would say, I would still rather face Stafford and Murray and Dak oh, Prescott sure. versus the three in the AFC. Yeah, especially in your own division if you're in the AFC yeah. West. Yes, yeah. <laughs> yeah, because, yeah. So it'll be interesting to see what he does. I wonder if that'll have any impact on his decision. 
Um, and, and like, it's not out of the realm of possibility either that the Packers tell Aaron Rodgers just pick wherever you want to go, which we'll talk mm-hmm. about that in a second as we move forward. But because, you know, the Lions did the same with Stafford. And I think the Packers mm-hmm. know that they're not going to be good next year anyway. So why, why does it matter if you trade him in conference? Because in three years, he might not be that kind of player anyway. So, mm-hmm. um, okay. Any other coaches hiring that you want to coaches that were hired? Um, yeah, we, I guess we have Josh McDaniels in Oakland. So we'll see I'm, that one. I'm a little surprised with, and I think that's a sign that Belichick isn't going anywhere soon because I totally forgot. There were some jokes about it on Jim Rome today that he, he had a handshake deal with the Colts. And then if you remember, he backed out of that. I do. Yeah. And I think that was because Belichick told him, you know, you're the successor, but now, you know, that's how many years later and Belichick is still around. So I'm, I'm assuming that's a sign that Belichick is like, I'm coaching till I die. <laughs> Basically. Yeah. If yeah. he was the successor, he wouldn't go anywhere. Correct. Unless Bel- yeah, Belichick probably told him, go, you're ready you've trained, you were, you, you failed the first time, like I did. And now you've trained and now you'll be better, but that, that could be a good hire for them. Yeah, I agree. I, I, I like the, I like when a, a coach gets an, a second chance because really the first time they go somewhere, it's kind of all like new to them and they got to learn how to mm-hmm. do it on the job. And oftentimes they fail, but to get a second mm-hmm. chance, I think could work for Josh McDaniels. Um, mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm excited to see what they do with Derek Carr. Is he going to keep Derek Carr? Is he going to move on mm-hmm. from Derek Carr? That's going to be interesting um, mm-hmm. moving forward as well. Him. Yeah, I would too, because you, you probably ain't going to get anything better unless if, you know, maybe they could get Russell Wilson. That's, you know, because he's been. But like, like we talked about there with that, that division, their ceiling is pretty much, it's very, it, they, they could easily be fourth place, even on a, having a good team. No, it's true. And that's the thing is like, that's why this Aaron Rodgers thing, like you, Patrick Mahomes, Herbert are both in your division. And let's say you, you get Derek Carr is the worst quarterback you get to go up against. I mean, like, is that really a, a win, you know, when you're playing Jared Goff twice a year? Okay, I, I got a quick question. What do you, yeah, go ahead. Just because um, Herbaugh has been floated out that he might seriously be interested in the Vikings job. And apparently, Apparently, they said on the radio today he was interested in Las Vegas, which I find hard to believe just based on his personality type. Mm-hmm. But I think that if he's choosing between Oakland or Oakland, Las Vegas and Minnesota, I think Minnesota has a more overall talented roster than oh, Las sure. Vegas is. So if I was choosing between those two, I would take Minnesota. But yeah, even if no. <laughs> yeah, no, like that's that's a good question because even we were talking before the show that Miami might still be interested in him, but even between those three, I probably still pick Minnesota. I feel like they're mm-hmm. kind of like a kind of have his identity already a little bit, like a hard nosed physical team. Uh, now yeah. Vegas kind of does too with with Jacobs and how they built that offensive line, but mm-hmm. I look at Cook. Jeffrey or Jeffries or Jefferson Jefferson, Jefferson. yeah and, and Thielen and, and I'm just like okay that that's my offense so let me get these yeah. guys playing I think and I, if that happens I would say and Rogers leaves I would I would say Minnesota's favored to win that division oh, for sure yeah. yeah yeah what do you think about uh Mike McDaniel's possibly in Miami I would like it I want them to get somebody who is offensive minded but you know 
and we're going to talk about this in a little bit, but it's like the people in that coaching tree. It's just so mm-hmm. funny how they can't close games. I just don't, yeah. I don't get it. And that would be the only thing that scares me. But the other thing is I hope that if they get him, that they, they l- listen to him on Tua, like, Hey, either Tua is going to make it or he's not. But if the coach says he's not going to make it, then don't force him to be like, your career is tied with Tua. I don't want that, mm-hmm. you know, give yeah. him a chance to pick yeah. his guy. So yeah, that's, that's sort of how I feel about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and then we'll just quickly mention Brian Dayball. I actually liked him. I was when he, he, um, he got a second interview with the dolphins and I thought, Oh man, actually I would like this hiring because of how he changed Josh Allen's career around. Um, mm-hmm. but I think that's a good gift for personally. I think that's a good gift for New York yeah. coach. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Okay. Any, so let me ask you this question. Any coaches you're surprised are still out there and what would you say is the best job available right now? Um, I'm surprised. I know that Shad Khan is a goofus, but I'm surprised that he's bungled the Byron Leftwich situation as bad as he did because he is, I think he's probably like the cream of the crop as far as like hot coordinators. Um, and that he actually wanted to go there yep. and you're not, bulky fun fact i did not really know until a few days ago that trent bulky was born and raised in rosendale oh wisconsin (laughs) (laughs) so he's a local boy sorry um but but (laughs) yeah (laughs) um but yeah everyone pretty much in the world agrees that like he's incompetent and they need to cut ties with him and byron leftwich says i'm gonna I'll, i'll i'll come coach here but i want you know, my own GM basically and Chad Khan blinked and now that might, that might be completely scuttled. Um, just a disaster all around. Um, yeah. Hopefully, hopefully they, they, they choose left, which because he's, mm-hmm. he's the coach. I think like Jaguar fans would love being from Jacksonville yeah. or playing in Jacksonville for all those years. Yeah. And I would love, you know, I want to see Trevor Lawrence be good. So me too. Yeah. <laughs> um, so so who, who do we have left then? We have new Orleans, Jacksonville, Miami, Minnesota, Minnesota. Las Vegas. Anymore. No, oh, yeah. Las Vegas. Oh, Las Vegas. Yeah. Um, I think that's it. Yeah. Those four teams. I mean, as far as overall talent, I think Minnesota now is Kirk cousins under contract or i mean even still minnesota probably has the most stable talent filled roster out of all of them because new orleans doesn't have a quarterback doesn't have any wide receiver i mean they have a good defense miami has some good pieces but their quarterback isn't good and uh oh no sorry carolina kept their coach um houston doesn't have a coach yet but they're turning into like you know the ewtn network down there (laughs) Well, it sounds like too they're like honing in on Brian Flores right now. Oh, they are. Okay. Yeah, last yes. week or a week or two ago, it was uh, Josh McCown, and I don't know if you saw that where they said they were asking other teams to interview Josh McCown because they were the only one, and they wanted other teams to like show interest in him just to validate their own oh, really? process. Be like, see, see, other teams want this guy too. We're getting like, we're in competition when it's like, no, you're the only ones in the world that are interested in Josh McCown. Um, 
So I that's good. I mean, good for them. I guess those players that Brian Flores is is a contender. I didn't know that, but yeah, I think they. I got a report them. yesterday or the day before that they had him in for either an interview or their second interview with him. So okay, uh, well, yeah, I, I would for, say for you're Brian right. Flores, but good for yeah, the players. <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. I would say that with um with uh you're right. As far as Minnesota being the best team left, even with Kirk cousins, he's like, as he, he's probably the best quarterback available out of all the jobs. Right. Because yeah. you don't have a quarterback in new Orleans, Houston mm-hmm. doesn't, you don't know that situation than Miami with Tua. Now I, I'm really hoping he can turn things around, but I'm just not buying it. And as far mm-hmm. until he shows me, otherwise I'm not going to buy it. So yeah, I think Kirk Cousins is probably the best situation. So, yeah, that's the, probably the best job. Okay, well, are you are we done? Are we ready to move on to the games then? Uh, I, I think so, unless, as usual, I think it's something five minutes later and then I have to circle back to it. But, yeah, I think we're good. Okay, okay, sounds good. Well, we'll, uh, we'll let you circle back and I'll get this up. Uh, we will – get into recapping the NFL playoffs championship round. Let's get into it. Okay. So let's just start with, um, so we're going to recap the NFL playoffs now. Uh, this weekend was championship round and just in general, Chris, any takeaways from this round of playoffs between the two games that we saw? Um, someone needs to do a coaching seminar that te- teaches coaches how to use timeouts, how to use clock management, when to be aggressive, when to not be aggressive. Um, just, a, I mean, you could say all four coaches didn't cover themselves in glory on that end. 100% agree. And I would also say another thing I learned is really the NFL is becoming much like basketball, a game of runs. Mm-hmm. where a team will put up like 10 points and then the other team will answer with another 15, you know, 17 points. And then it's like a back and forth. And we kind of saw that last week a little too. And mm-hmm. I was like, that's sort of what the playoffs are becoming with competitive football. It's like almost a game of runs. It's, it's, it's very mm-hmm. similar to what basketball has become. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Yeah, for uh, the, the nerds, the analytics nerds that say momentum is not a real thing, I couldn't disagree less. Momentum is 100% real as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, I think I think you're 100% right. I think momentum is real, and I always say this, it's fragile. So it's mm-hmm. so easy to get momentum or to – I shouldn't say so easy. It's easy to break someone's momentum, and sometimes – teams break their own momentum which we'll talk probably talk mm-hmm. a little bit about in the first game when we cover here mm-hmm. so why don't we get into the first game here the cincinnati Bengals versus the kansas city chiefs Okay, so the first game we'll talk about, I just wanted uh, some little stat nuggets that I wanted to share with everybody before we get into uh, the the meat of the game is first that Patrick Mahomes, did you know, Chris, Patrick Mahomes never lost a game when winning by 15 points or more? I, I did hear something like that. 
Isn't that crazy? So this is the first yeah. game Patrick Mahomes lost when he was up by 15 or more points. He had an 18-point lead. The other thing is, do you know when the last time the Bengals made the Super Bowl? Uh, it was uh, like 1988, I think. Close, man. That is close. 1989. Okay. So it might have been the 88 season going to, 80, yeah. you know, like the year term. But yeah, yeah you're yeah. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Okay, so let's look at our first. First, we're going to talk about the winning team, and then we're going to talk about the losing team. So let's go with how the Bengals won this game. And I have a couple of points, but we can go back and forth a little bit here. The first point I'm going to bring up is throughout the game, they kept on dropping eight and rushing three. Now, in the second half, um, I think they went up to 45% of the plays that they called mm-hmm. were dropped eight back, which mm-hmm. when you uh, put both – the first and second half, it was 35% of the snaps. They dropped eight. Mm-hmm. Under under dropping eight, Patrick Mahomes was seven of 13 with 59 yards, one interception, and he was sacked twice. Mm-hmm. Why do you think Patrick Mahomes struggled so much with this, Chris? I, it's really baffling. It, it has to be a confidence thing. It was like the, I, I was ready to – you know, almost at the point where I'm like, it's a nice day out. I'm going to find something to do for the next couple hours. Cause this game looked to be, it was a bloodbath um, touchdown, 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 walking into the half for a touchdown and then combo breaker. They didn't take the points. Um, and it's like, that just completely rattled a, it gave Bengals momentum on defense. It was like, Oh, we can stop these guys. It gave them a confidence boost, but it, it, it seemed like it took away all the confidence from Kansas city. Um, it wasn't even, I mean, it partially it was play calling, but just, he got rattled. He was, he was inaccurate. He couldn't even hit wide receivers out in the, or the, you know, the running backs for dump offs or anything. It was, it was very bizarre. Yeah. I, I couldn't believe it either. It seemed like they like, just loaded up the, the, you know, the secondary. And then Pat, it was like Patrick Mahomes could not figure it out, which another mm-hmm. thing that baffled me, which we'll talk about a little bit more is why they didn't run the ball more. Like they, I mean, they mm-hmm. ran the ball, but they didn't run the ball to kind of like, no attack this. They should have done it mm-hmm. more. And we'll talk about yes. ways in which they did, but I have to say that game plan that the Bengals made that adjustment and how it threw yeah. Patrick Mahomes off. That was incredible. Like, like yeah. one of the best coaching decisions all weekend. Okay. Oh, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I think, I think the big thing too was, you know, they were doing the three man fronts, but also in the first half, Mahomes was breaking all of the pocket. And I don't know what his stats were for the game as far as scrambling, but I think he had a, he, in the first half, he had a few runs, or at least he was getting outside, like the touchdown to Hill. He slid outside and then he had a clean pocket, you know, outside of the numbers. But I, it seemed to me in the second half, it was like they were, it was like a quarterback spy sort of deal where it's yeah. like, yeah, we're rushing three, but no matter what, we're going to rush really wide around the tackles and we're not going to let him, you know, even if uh, it, first okay, side point, maybe someone watched listening to this, they might've uh, watched oh. NFL live today. I did not. But Marcus Spears of NFL Live was on Dan Patrick this morning. And if you want to track that down, I thought he had a great breakdown of the Cincinnati defense. Um, so I recommend that. But I, what he said also was the same thing. They were playing a quarterback spy okay. 
for the defense. And so it was, it, they were not going to let him break, contain, and make himself comfortable. So he said that he complimented the guts they had to drop eight guys in coverage and basically have no pass rush to give Mahomes two extra seconds in a clean pocket. You, it's counterintuitive, but somehow it worked. And here's something I think I just thought of now is I remember reading after Mahomes' uh, first starting year when he had 50 touchdowns, it might have been either after his first or his second season, he admitted he didn't really know how to read defenses at that point. Mm-hmm. Like he basically was just going on pure arm talent and, you know, what one read, you know, he had pre-snap. So he, you know, which is scary to think about, he's probably still moving along in his development as far as like breaking down a defense and reading it. And we might've seen that show up yesterday that he doesn't always really know what he's looking at. Yeah. Oh, that's, that's a great point. And yeah, thanks for sharing. So you said that was on the Dan Patrick show. Yeah. They broke that down. Yeah. Yeah. And interestingly enough, they got two sacks out of it. So even with like Mm -hmm. not instant pass rush, the pass rush Mm -hmm. was enough where he wasn't sitting like all day in the pocket. So Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, Trey Henderson had a quiet game through yeah. three quarters, and then it was like, you know, we'll talk about Von Miller too, but it was, you know, kind of the same thing where it's like you went out and got this guy to be the man, and he had a quiet game up till the fourth quarter, and then it was like the fourth quarter turned on, and he just turned it on, and he showed up big for them. Yep, and that, that's why you get those free agents, right? Because it's not yep. necessarily productivity right away, but in the moments. You need those guys for those moments. Mm-hmm. Okay, the second the second area I wanted to say why the Bengals won was T. Higgins showing up. He had 103 yards off of six catches. So last week we saw what Gabriel Davis did to the Chiefs mm-hmm. secondary with, with Stefan Diggs kind of like taken out of the game. So Chase didn't have a bad game, but you could tell the Chiefs were honing in on Chase. Mm-hmm. And that's where we're like the second wide receiver needs to show up. And, and Higgins definitely showed up and made some big catches throughout the game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, super impressed. Um, I uh, sent it to a different group chat. I, I don't think I sent it to you, but I think whenever Higgins has a good game from now on, I'm just going to remind people that, uh, the Packers picked Jordan Love seven spots before T. Higgins went off the board when they needed a number two wide receiver. So it's going to haunt me for a long time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's a couple of guys, but that's one of them. And he was like good last year even, right? So it, yeah. he, yeah, unfortunately. But yeah, he showed up in a big way. Uh, being patient, yeah. I have as another one. Um, so mm-hmm. they, they really uh, ran the ball real well. Uh, I think that Mixon had 21 carries for 88 yards he averaged like Mm -hmm. four yards a carry and Mm -hmm. i I noticed like i think it was tony romo he was kind of like why are they running on first down all the time Mm -hmm. and and then it eventually set up that big play action i think two higgins down the field it was higgins or the Mm -hmm. tight end i can't remember but yeah oh go ahead no yeah you're right it was higgins had a long one toward the end of the game right so it, it was all in preparation to set up this big play but they were patient with their game plan and it worked out it worked out for them they never deviated from that so i think that's part of the reason why they won they trust in their game plan yeah yeah um i was kind of like getting impatient i was kind of like burrow burrow is showing up they were being very conservative in the passing game i'm like let's take 
let's take the training wheels off and let Burrow cook a little bit. But it did, it did uh, 21 carries was, a, I think that's kind of like a number because they, they use Mixon quite a bit. Mm-hmm. They don't really rotate in anyone else. It's pretty much him or no one. Um, and yeah, for three quarters, it was like, this is like putrid offense kind of, cause they were not getting anything, but it wore the defense down and then yeah. they went right down the field in overtime and he just went right through the defense. So I, I actually would love to know how many yards he got on that last drive compared to the rest of the game. But yes. he, yeah, he, even though I didn't, I didn't love it as it was happening. You can't deny that it was a successful plan. Yeah, because it, like you mentioned, it just slowed the defensive pass rush down. It helped the offensive line on those play action passes, you know, by buying um, Burrow more time. I felt like I was with you, though. I was like, man, if, if Cincinnati wants to get back into this game, um, I, I felt like, you know, I was rooting for the Chiefs because I was my Super Bowl prediction mm-hmm. at the beginning of the year. And halfway through this game at halftime, I'm like, I told everybody, I told the chiefs were going to run these guys out. I said, Mm -hmm. it was going to be a two. So, you know, I was, you know, talking to myself, like I was so right about this. Um, And then they collapsed, which we'll talk about. I have a question in regards to that in, in in a couple of seconds, but um, Mm -hmm. they, the Bengals just kept going with it. And I think it ended up wearing the chiefs down to the point where they were able to do what they wanted, get big runs, get play action, mm-hmm. whatever they wanted to move the ball. Mm-hmm. Finally, Burrow magic. Um, he didn't have like the greatest game, but he played good enough. And ultimately mm-hmm. this, the, what ultimately helped this team win to me was the breaking of the sacks like when he broke out mm-hmm. of those sacks, one, the one in particular on third and seven against Chris Jones, when yeah. it seemed like Jones had him wrapped up and I'm like, okay, good. Chiefs are getting the ball back. And then he <laughs> scrambles for like 15 yards. Uh, mm-hmm. So yeah, it's still a great game by him and the mm-hmm. uh, uh, his breaking out of those sacks in, in big spots. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, uh, I loved his attitude leading up to the game. Uh, basically he's like, you know, two years ago I played in the national championship game and I played in SEC schools my whole time in college. So like, okay, Arrowhead is loud, like big deal. I mean, I I know he was a home player at LSU, but it's like, yeah, I played at LSU. Like this, this stage, the crowd, nothing I haven't seen before. Um, So I just thought that was, that was cool. And then just went out and it was like, yeah, this is, this is not a big deal. Just completely calm and collected the whole time. I thought it was awesome. Yeah. Yeah. He, his, 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 he's just, he has such moxie, you know, like swagger and all this stuff. Like it's Mm -hmm. hard not to kind of like root for him. Yeah. And it's not like a over the top, like look at me sort of thing, but it's just like, yeah, I'm going to get it done. Trust me. What I say is going to happen. And yeah, it's cool. Yeah. And, and Mc, McPherson feels sort of the same way their kicker who's yeah. who's just like got this little edge to him as well. Did, did um, you hear that? Uh, the Titans, sorry, the Titans game where when he, before he kicked the game winning field goal, mm-hmm. they were setting it up and he turned to someone. He's like, well, guess we're going to the championship game. Yeah. <laughs> and then he goes out and nails the field goal. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. I, he, he, he has swagger him and Burrow are going to, 
change the to- mindset of this team and probably I already have uh, anything mm-hmm. else on why, how you thought the Bengals won any, any other things you want to point out or we want to go on to the chiefs. Um, I just like to, you know, get in my digs on the analytics guys and pro football focus whenever I can. So uh, Jesse Bates, who's been a pro bowler in the past, um, the last time uh, the Bengals had a primetime game, you know, they do like the PFF rankings in the introductions. And I believe he was like the 80th ranked safety, um, which is like a joke because going into the season, everyone's like, he's a top 10 safety. Um, So Jesse Bates making the uh, play of the game and tipping, which, you know, Mahomes, that was a pretty, I know he kind of threw into double coverage, but that was still kind of a rocket that could have been completed and Bates broke it up and deflected it for the interception. So good on Jesse Bates. Boo on Pro Football Focus for saying that he stinks. So <laughs> I like that. Yeah, analytics are okay, but I think they're <laughs> often oftentimes overused. And we'll talk mm-hmm. about that actually when we get into why the Chiefs lost. Um, so let's get into that part. So what, the Chiefs lost because. So I got three things here. I have to first go after my guy here, Patrick Mahomes. It, I, I don't know what his deal was if he got um, uh, shaken up by what happened at the end of half, but his QBR was 98 in the first half. Do you, do you know what it was in the second half, his QBR? Wasn't it like five? It was 1.4. Oh. <laughs> it was zero in overtime, by the way. So here's a fun thing, though. If you look at traditional quarterback rating, Mahomes had a higher quarterback rating for the game than Burrow. <laughs> well, I could see maybe for the game because of the yeah. the, the onslaught he had, but from half to half, yeah. he definitely like yeah, he had a better sure. first half than Burrow, but the second half he just yeah. fell apart. And yeah. so, so to me. Some of his decision-making was awful, starting with the pass to Tyreek Hill behind the line of scrimmage when you have no timeouts left. And then Mm -hmm. him, for some reason, avoiding pressure and, like, running backwards 15 yards. Like, I don't know what he was doing. He was, like, dancing around there sometimes. And it's like, dude, just get rid of the ball at some point, you know? Yeah. Um, so he he has to take the blame here, a a lot of the blame for this loss. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I'm saying this facetiously. I don't think he actually did think this, but it was almost like he saw Burrow escape those sacks and run around and make plays. And it was like, oh, <laughs> I see what you can do. I can do it better. Because, mm-hmm. yeah, why he's experienced enough to know running 15 yards and basically running around in circles is like in that situation is just inexcusable. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't quite understand that either. Um, the second thing I have here is abandoning, abandoning McKinnon and Clyde. They averaged almost in the second half. So here's here's crazy stat, first of all. They only had one attempt in the second half that went less than four yards. <laughs> one attempt. Uh-huh. I think that mm-hmm. might have been on the, the second to last drive that they had uh, at the end of the half where he ran it for like a yard. They ran 12 times, both those running backs, for 67 yards and almost six yards a carry after mm-hmm. halftime. Mm-hmm. I don't understand why they didn't run the ball more because they were having their way running the ball because the Bengals were playing this, you know, because 
when you yeah. have four on the line and one drops back, you, you yeah. your offense alignment gets that advantage, you know, that push. Yeah. So I don't understand why they didn't run the ball. Like that should have been their focus the entire half. And it seemed like they were just like, not, not sticking with it. Yeah. It was almost like the chiefs thought that they needed to put up like 42 points to win this game, but it's like they needed two more field goals. You know, it wasn't like they needed it. Obviously they showed in the first three drives. I mean, the first four drives, really, they could move up and down the field at will, but it was almost like they had like a shootout mindset and it wasn't a shootout type of game at that point. At that point, it was, at that point, it was just, we need to survive. (laughs) No, you're absolutely right. And what, what, what I find so funny though, is like in the first half, they were like taking what the defense was giving like short passes, Mm -hmm. hook passes that Tyreek and Tyreek would get like seven yards and these bubble screens. Mm -hmm. And then they ran the ball and they were just moving the ball so effectively. I just feel like you're right. They, especially in the second half, I felt like they were always looking for that, that like, step on their throat type of play, like that big yeah. play downfield instead of just running mm-hmm. the ball and, you know, paper cutting them to death, so to speak, you know, just little plays yeah. here and there. And they, I don't, I don't understand. And it's not the first time Andy Reed has abandoned his run, uh, the yeah. running game on his teams in the playoffs either. So. Yeah. Yeah. But no, you're absolutely right. That's the other thing I was thinking too. It's like in the first half, they were, doing quick passes, getting the ball out, taking, letting, letting you have two of the best run after the catch guys with Hill and Kelsey. They're getting it to them quick, letting them run past people, run through people. And then they didn't. So I don't know, maybe there was something different in the coverage, but they didn't also try too hard. And like you said, it was like they were looking for big plays. And it's like, well, in the first half, you were more than happy to just accept eight yard completion. So why in the world would you do that in the second half? Agreed. And they also, um, uh, Hardman too, was, you know, he's explosive. I, I know he's not like the best wide receiver. Like I, you know, he's a, he's a fine third option, but he's explosive. So it's like even short passes to him or, you know, like end arounds or whatever. And then in overtime, I just wanted to hit on this too. Uh, in overtime, they threw, two incompletions and then that interception. Mm-hmm. So they didn't even try to run the ball in overtime. Which yeah. They and the second, the second incompletion is the one that Eli Apple should have host. If he was yes. basically paying better attention. <laughs> yeah. We had three big interceptions that were dropped. I think I yeah. the chiefs dropped an interception too, but I could be mistaken. Um, the other I, thing I wondered too, is that they, uh, I have two things real quick The yeah. um, when Tyree Hill and Hart Hardman had that dust up on the sideline, mm-hmm. you know, those, those sort of things happen. I don't want to put too much importance into that, but it's like, you know, is that another like vibes thing? Like that just messed with the whole chemistry. It's like, is there arguing going on amongst the offense? So, you know, that, you know, you never know. Uh, yeah, it could have. I just don't know how it would have affected Mahomes, I guess, yeah. unless if he, he was like right there in the middle of it. But no. um, yeah. let's, last thing plays right before the end of both halves, I think. So the 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 way they the play calls they had at the right before the end of the second quarter. Why, let me ask, even at the end of fourth quarter, I don't get why teams are so worried about how much time is left on the clock for yeah. the other team. When they have, just put the ball in the end zone. Yeah. 
Yeah, they're overthinking it because Buffalo did. I mean, it worked. It worked out for Buffalo up until it didn't because I mean they did score with 13 seconds left, so that should have been game over. But I thought Buffalo did the same thing. They were kind of like thinking around, and it was like, and it was clear that they were not trying to score too fast. And it's like you need to score. That should be your main priority: scoring, and then secondly should be clock management in this situation you need to have the lead before you worry about how much time is left and kansas city did the same thing it was kind of like they went right down the field and then it was like okay well we're inside the 10 yard line now we got to ease up so we don't let burrow get the ball back but then they ended up not getting a touchdown they had to settle for a field goal Yes, exactly. And if you think of the two touchdowns that the the Bengals scored, now correct me if I'm wrong. One of them was that screen pass to P. Ryan, right, mm-hmm. right before yep. the end of the half. And the second one was off that interception that defense alignment made, right, where it put them up at like the 30 yard line of the Chiefs. Um, was that the? I think that was the. They got a field goal off of that. I think I'll I'll double check this real quick. Okay, as you double check it, but my my point is, um, the Bengals weren't per, like they weren't oh, moving yeah. the. Go ahead. Yeah, you're you're right. They did that. The chase two yard touchdown was off of the uh, interception. Right, and my point is the offense didn't really move from, you know, twenty to twenty. Like they weren't moving the ball great. Like uh, I know Burrow mm-hmm. did fine, and and the run game was good, and. And, and Higgins had a big game, but it wasn't like they were moving up and down all game on the Chiefs. So if you score that touchdown and you go up by four, you're telling the Bengals in a minute and a half or a minute, whatever it would have been, you have to score a touchdown to beat us. Mm-hmm. Why wouldn't you put the pressure on the Bengals like that? I just don't, I don't yeah. get it. Why are we, why are we playing these little time games first score yeah. and then worry mm-hmm. about how much time is left? That's, I don't know. And even yeah. even Tony Romo was telling the Bengals to let the Chiefs score, yeah, <laughs> the touchdown. And I'm just like, why would they? Because yeah. the like, why why would you let the Chiefs score when you've been holding them in the entire second yeah. half out of the end zone? Yeah. Doesn't make sense. Yeah. They've had like five good plays in this whole half, and every one of them was on this drive. Correct, correct. So that didn't make any sense. The same with the end of the fourth quarter. Well, that, that was one, but the end of halftime, even it's like, who cares if you give Joe Burrow 15, 30 seconds, just score the touchdown. Why are you throwing mm-hmm. behind the line of scrimmage? And the other thing is coaches have to coach at some point. I, I get like, you want to make your players feel part of the game, but Andy Reed wanted to yeah. kick the field goal with five seconds left. And Mahomes wanted one more shot, oh, really? protect your mm-hmm. player. Like in that yeah. moment, your player isn't going to be like, you know, like a quarterback isn't going to look at his coach and be like, you know, what's a good idea maybe is a field goal here. Like what quarterback's going to do yeah. that, right? So mm-hmm. Andy Reid, shame on you. You got to kick the field goal there. Except if you're uh, Matt LaFleur and Aaron Rodgers and you're playing the Buccaneers at home, but I, I digress. <laughs> well, that was a totally different situation. Like, <laughs> yeah, no, you're right. You're right. It, it's like <laughs> you, you, the Bengals scored a touchdown, so all you're trying to do is c- continue to build that gap so they're not so you yeah. could have scored a field goal. And if you would have got a field goal coming out of halftime, it's basically would have been the touchdown you would have scored if, if whatever, but I, I don't know. It, that was just crazy to me. Um, yeah. I think that was, I forget if Romo, I think Romo said it. And then if it was again, Marcus Spears, or if it was Carson Palmer this morning, but they're like in that situation, that might've been Carson Palmer. 
nine seconds, you have two plays. Your first read, you have to see immediately. If it's not there, you throw the ball away. Yep. And he's like, that's what Mahomes did on the play with nine seconds left. He threw it in the dirt. And then with five seconds left, they didn't throw in the end zone, but he also didn't throw. I mean, he got rid of it quick, but he didn't throw the ball away when he just did it one play before. So he, he, he screwed that up. But um, the other thing I was going to say earlier is like, I like Tyree kill. Obviously he's like the fastest guy in the league. And it just drives me nuts how every time he catches the ball, he like gives up two yards and like jumps backwards and like yes. face, faces up the defense. And like, he gets away with it most of the time because he's so fast that he can just outrun people, but just out of like all common football sense where it's like you catch it and immediately go upfield. That drives me absolutely nuts. And I don't know if it really burned him too much on that end of the half play, but it was like, just catch the ball and run straight to the pylon. And it was kind of like he tried to just run. I don't know. It it just was weird. No, that's what I thought he should have done too. Like now to be fair to Tyreek, Mahomes shouldn't have threw that pass, but mm-hmm. he should have just tried to outrun. I think it was Eli Apple. He should have just tried yeah. to outrun him to the cone instead of trying yeah. to like juke inside and, and, and score it that way. But I yeah. don't think he would, he would have necessarily beat him there, but you, yeah. you have to try to stop the clock in that situation, even though the clock was probably already expired at that point. But mm-hmm. if you don't know that you're trying to get either out of bounds or a touchdown, so you should have been running towards the sideline anyway. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, I think this was just ultimately the Chiefs being like cocky. <laughs> it was like we're the Chiefs and we can do whatever we want, and it backfired. Yeah, part part of me thinks that Patrick Mahomes is so bored that he's trying to make it challenging for him. So, <laughs> like, <laughs> so yeah. my my question and like the the beautiful thing about him versus Josh Allen is that was challenging just on surface, so he didn't have to like let mm-hmm. up or anything. Um, yeah. So let me let me ask you this before we move on. Do you think the Chiefs lost this game more than the Bengals won it, or do you think the Bengals won it more than the Chiefs lost it lost the game? Because it, it obviously yeah. has to be a little bit of both. But yeah, but what would you put the more per- percentage on? I would say 65-35 Chiefs losing it. Um, (laughs) the the Bengals get credit for making the defensive adjustments Um, their offense was good it wasn't really anything I mean we talked about that it was it was a decent game plan to keep the Chiefs offense off the field but as far as being like efficient it wasn't you know like you said Chase had a pretty quiet game Burrow didn't light it up it was good. I mean, they were helped by the turn that the turnover inside like the 30 yard line is like, obviously like that was the turning point of the game where it was like, Oh crap, this is actually real. Yep. Um, and that's more of a Mahomes bad pass than <laughs> anything. Um, so I'd say having an 18 point lead, you have like maybe the toughest home field in the league. You have like the most beautiful offense ever designed it's got to be the Chiefs choking more than anything. No, I agree with you 100%. Actually, I had 65-35 written down. And <laughs> I'm nice. not – yeah, I'm not, like, uh, knocking what the Bengals did because they still mm-hmm. had to go and do what they had to do to win the game. And it's amazing mm-hmm. – 
the turnaround that they've had in two years with Joe Burrow. Mm -hmm. And I think uh, this is the first time in NFL history where a number one pick in the second year of him being picked has made the Super Bowl, which is Mm -hmm. amazing to think about. Um, Mm -hmm. But, and I don't want to take credit away from him, but like if the Mm -hmm. Chiefs score at the end of half, I feel like if they get 28 to 10, I think yeah. that game's over. That's, that's how I feel. Yeah. And it's just like the chiefs kept shooting themselves in the foot and the Bengals mm-hmm. took advantage, which is what you're supposed to do. So yeah. Congratulations yeah. to the Bengals, but uh, yeah, the chiefs yeah. really blew that one. Yeah. Okay. Let's just talk about this real quick before we move on. Uh, Kansas city chiefs off season. Is there anything you, you know, just, one thing you'd like to see them do is there something you're kind of interested about their team moving forward um probably just what they need is um i know that the they started to rebuild their offensive line after last year's super bowl because like that's why they lost that super bowl as their offensive line got humiliated um so i think they got orlando brown from baltimore i believe Yeah, you're right. Um, and he was having – that was the whole – that was kind of – I think he was the Hendrickson matchup, um, and he held up for three quarters and then ran out of gas, and then Hendricks started taking advantage of him. Um, so maybe more offensive line pieces, probably more secondary pieces because their cornerbacks are kind of nondescript. Honey Badger is probably – on the way down i would guess i don't i think he's actually a little maybe older than you think he's been around a while he's had some injuries too so probably more secondary um yeah that, that's what i'd have to say i mean i it's they're probably still the favorites again next year they're they're gonna be competitors as long as you have mahomes and tyreek and kelsey they're going to be competing for a championship game every single year, no matter what's around them. Yeah, I, I agree. I, I had down edge rushers. Um, I mm-hmm. love Chris Jones in the middle, but it, mm-hmm. when you don't, when you have a defensive tackle that push ups the middle, you need people coming off the edge to, to get mm-hmm. around the, the tackle. So I think that's sort of what, they you remember Peyton Manning the the Colts they had Robert Mathis and Dwight Freeney on the edges Mm -hmm. and then what they would do is just get like a 14 point lead and force the other team to pass it and you just sick the two edge rushers (laughs) at the quarterback Mm -hmm. I feel like the Chiefs should sort of kind of build the similar way like because you know if Mm -hmm. Mahomes is on his B game you're going to have a 14 point lead at some point and then yeah. you just set, send those pass rushers. So I, I put edge rushers is what I think they should be looking well, for. And you're right because Tennessee had nine sacks and Kansas City had one sack in this game. And obviously, you know, like we talked about, Burrow had some incredible feats to escape a couple times, but they didn't really. I mean, it was just it, it it was good secondary play, like the incompletions in the first half. But I don't think they really got like too much pressure on him. No, I agree. And the thing is, is how long Chris Jones kind of held Burrow there for. If you had speed, good edge rushers, you would have had some help taking him down. And you didn't really have anyone there but Chris Jones. Not that excuses Chris Jones. He still should have sacked Burrow, but it is it is what it is now. But yeah, yeah, I would say edge rushers. So, okay, you ready to move on to our next game, Chris? You bet. 
the San Francisco 49ers versus the LA Rams. Okay, so again, I have a couple little nuggets here for this game that I thought were pretty interesting. So um, when trailing by 10 points, or I mean, uh, 10 points at all in the second half, Sean McVay's record is one in 23. At any point trailing in the second half by 10 points or more, Matthew Stafford has lost 26 straight leading up to this game. And the Rams are the first team to ever overcome a 10-point deficit in the fourth quarter of a conference championship game. Wow. Um, The Stafford one was 26 straight losses down by 10 points. Did I hear that right? Yeah. I think going into the second half. That seems shocking to me because it's always seemed like he was a pretty good comeback guy with Detroit. (laughs) It it is, but uh, let's see. 16 games a year his last year in a like his last four years sure. was with Matt Patricia sure. so his last two seasons that's, were, that's a good point. Yeah. Were, were with Patricia so mm-hmm. it's not really yeah. that surprising okay well let's um let's go into how the Rams won okay uh here's let's start with my first key to their win Cooper Cup and Odell Beckham um they were both incredible in this game Mm -hmm. Uh, 124 yards, 142, I'm sorry for Cooper cup with two touchdowns. And then Odell had nine receptions for 113. I think it was his first hundred yard games in like three years or something like that. Or, or like it was, I don't remember. I shouldn't be quoting it if I don't have the stat in front of me, but it was, it was some ridiculous number for how good Odell can be. Um, so that's my first point in, in, as for the Rams winning this game was their wide receivers. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Yeah, Cup Cup is uncoverable, and Odell, if maybe not peak Odell, is still 85%, 90%. Um, Yeah. Poo on Baker Mayfield. Let me get that in for not being even remotely possible or not even capable of throwing the ball to Odell because it's like, yeah – we should all probably owe Adele an apology if we ever thought even he had 1% of anything to do what was going on there because it's like, yeah, he's still, he still got it. Yeah. It's so funny because I, it was always to me, a chemistry issue to me. Like mm-hmm. it wasn't like neither one their, of their faults. It's just, they couldn't get on the same page because I mm-hmm. remember that clip coming out with him constantly oh. getting open and, in in uh baker just like overthrowing or underthrowing him and it's mm-hmm. like then he gets matthew stafford it's just like he's open but he's actually getting the ball and just and he's yeah he's making this great pl- i mean yeah great plays on the ball too yeah yeah um my second reason for their win is matthew stafford he had 337 yards passing with two touchdowns including some zingers he had a couple zingers in there i just remember the one the cooper cup i think it was on third down where he hit him and cup had to catch it like right here but he caught Mm -hmm. it um Mm -hmm. despite him trying to give the game away uh when he threw it up for grabs and um that defensive back um Mm should have caught it and then there was that Mm -hmm. and then despite Cooper Cup and that rookie wide receiver that looks like he's a six five white guy couldn't catch a touchdown pass. Yeah, that put, yeah, yeah. That would have gave them fourteen points. But 
anyway, mm-hmm. uh, good for Matthew Stafford. Yeah, yeah, for sure. He had a very nice second half. Um, it, it was a little shaky there for a little while, but he rebounded nicely and he put the game, put them on his back for sure. Yeah. Um, this is, by the way, he won this game on the same day, uh, I think January 30th, which was the same date in which he was traded last oh. year to the, the, the Rams, almost said St. Louis Rams, LA Rams. So just a little mm-hmm. nugget there as well. And then I put that they won despite Sean McVay. <laughs> oh man, mm-hmm. this guy's going to kill me. What, let me ask yeah. you this, Chris, what did you think of his coaching? Um, it was just baffling all around. Uh, both of the challenges were horrible. Um, even like the play leading up to that challenge where he did a quarterback sneak with Stafford. And, uh, I guess I didn't really like remember this, but apparently Stafford is known to be like a horrible quarterback sneaker and like Peyton Manning has made fun of him for being like bad at it. (laughs) So like, why even putting the poor guy in that situation and doing that um, that's not your offense uh so that was bad and then yeah the, the challenge i mean compounding the challenges of course is losing the timeouts and just com- it's like this is a one score game you, you don't think at one point you might want to use any of these correct <laughs> and I think the play before the QB sneak, I can't remember what it was, but I remember being very irritated by it. I can't remember. The, the thing was, is, um, and th- this is what I think, I don't know if I text you or my brother-in-law, this is like, I think I might've text you is, is that the, the 49ers were the more aggressive team. Yeah. They were the more physical team mm-hmm. and you're trying to run up the middle against them. It, it, when you're mm. when your receivers are beating the corners outside like every single play what are what are we doing here McVay right yeah um and then the other play call that I have to call out is third and three you're trying to score and you do a screen pass to oh, Sony yeah. Michelle yeah yeah that was that was awful he was playing I just hate playing for the field goal in general um Actually, if I'm going to, I'm going to take 30 seconds and rewind back to the Bengals for a second. But in that overtime drive, uh, I was seeing a lot of people being like, you know, they got inside like the 45. They're like, kick the field goal, kick the field goal, kick the field goal. And I personally actually like that Taylor like drove it down the field. Like he didn't get right into range and kick it immediately. I like that he got more yards because I just hate out of principle. I know kickers are better than ever. But I just hate out of principle settling for the 45 to 50 yard field goal. So I'm glad that he made it a for sure thing. Yeah. Um, but going back to McVeigh, he did that the opposite. It was like, yeah, the third and three screen pass. It was like, well, we're gonna kick what what was the distance on that bad boy? I think that was a yeah, that was a 40 yarder because it was a four yard loss to or, uh, yeah, it was a four-yard loss on the screen pass, and he kicked a 40-yard field goal, which, like, that's not a super difficult field goal, but it's, like, they they settled for tying the game instead of going for the touchdown to take the lead, and I hate that. I hate it so much. I agree, and the fact that Cup and Odell were open all the time, that's the thing I don't understand. Mm-hmm. Like, you could pick yeah. one or the other, any, any play, basically, and you're like, no, let's pass it. Most important play of the game, 
let's pass it mm-hmm. to Sony Michelle. But I think he yeah. had 10 carries for 16 yards. He like, yes, he did. <laughs> so, so all I'm saying is like, I don't know what McVay is thinking, but this guy is going to give me a heart attack in the way he coaches. I'm sorry. I just don't. Yeah, no, you're right. Yeah. Anything else on the Rams? Um. Yeah, uh, another one. The third, the third option after Cup and Beckham, I was impressed. Higby went out like right away in the first quarter. Oh, that's right. Yes. And Kendall, Kendall Blanton is their backup tight end. He had five catches for 57 yards. Uh, he had four catches the entire season. Um, so he showed up in a big way. It took him a little bit, I think, to work his way into the offense. But he w- I think he had a pretty nice second half. Um, so he had some nice chain-moving uh, catches. Um, so kudos to him. Um then the other uh, big one is I have enjoyed back-to-back games. The biggest play of the game, Von Miller has come in and wrecked things. And it was like, yeah, exactly. I, that's why you trade for that guy because right. he's a stud. And sh- big, play, big players showing up in huge moments. That was great. So good for Von Miller as well. Yeah, I noticed too uh, um, Aaron Donald. Uh, had mm-hmm. you know after he had his big speech i think he had two qb hits mm-hmm. so he, he yeah you're right up once he yeah yeah so yeah because uh they they spotlighted they're like oh donald hasn't done too much in this game and yeah you're right that it was like he got them fired up and then he went out and did it himself in the, the last couple drives he was a monster yeah yeah so i, I love that though if you're gonna speak like that to, to show up as well so Good, mm-hmm. good, good for the Rams, and you go, Matthew Stafford. You go, man. I uh, the other thing, yeah. When you said Sony Michelle, I think I might have texted you this, but I'm like, poor Cam Akers. You know, kudos to him that he's like put on, you know, uh, super, you know, workouts or whatever to get back from a ACL in six months. But like, clearly, he's running hard, but. He had two yards of carry last week, and he didn't do anything in this game either. So I'm like, yeah, I think they should work in Sony Michelle. And then, yeah, he had 10 carries for 16 yards. So their their running game is anemic. Well, and, and two, it goes back to that the Niners are just more physical than them. So if they're not yeah. going to win at the line of scrimmage when you're run blocking, you're not going to get a lot of yards. Mm-hmm. You know, at the same time, yeah. I understand why you still run the ball because you want to keep the defense honest. But on third and three yeah. – that you don't pass a screen pass. I'm sorry. That's, that's mm-hmm. sad. That's yeah. Sad. Okay. Uh, let's go to the 49ers. Then the 49ers lost because not this guy, maybe. You know what I'm saying, <laughs> maybe. Okay. Let's Dick start Wilson with one and a half. One and a half. See, so he, not yeah. because of this guy, not because of Nick Bosa. Okay. But uh, the first thing I have stopped getting the ball to Samuel when it mattered. So, uh, he had 11 touches for over a hundred yards in the game, but mm-hmm. he did not touch the ball after the 12 minute and 42 second mark of the fourth quarter. Mm-hmm. So one thing that I have commended Kyle Shanahan for, and it was last mm-hmm. week as well is getting his playmakers, the ball when it mattered, but he mm-hmm. did not do that a, a good job of that in, in, in uh, this game in the fourth quarter. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, uh, four catches, seven carries. Yeah, they probably could have used five to six more just because 
I mean, yeah, anytime you put the ball in his hands, he's so big, he's so fast, he runs through people that he makes things happen no matter what. So one yard wide receiver screen, he's going to plow forward for five or six, whatever. Everything's a positive with him. So, yeah, you're right. That was – and that might have been a Jimmy – problem too which i you know is next on your list but <laughs> right but you know and that's the thing though as bad as a problem as jimmy has been kyle will still like scheme him into the offense like mm-hmm. with like jet sweeps or like just putting him in the mm-hmm. backfield and handing it off to him and he, he didn't even try any of that with him so that's what mm-hmm. surprised me mm-hmm. but as you said jimmy g goes into our second reason or mm-hmm. uh, the second reason why the niners lost and let's face it He's an average QB at best, you know, mm-hmm. uh, and he did not have a good game. He tried to throw like four interceptions during the game. And then mm-hmm. that last I, I thought he was pretty good for up until the last two drives of the game. I thought he played. I mean, obviously they were leading. I thought he played well enough for them to win. But then he totally threw it away in the last two of the worst drives that you'll ever see. Well, that's because um, they uh, – they didn't pick him off when they gave them opportunities. So, I mean, he did play good for like Jimmy G, but then like yeah. Ramsey definitely had a pick six he dropped. And I think one of the mm-hmm. linebackers should have had an interception that was tipped up in the air. And then he like, oh, yeah. for it yeah. and he almost got mm-hmm. it. But yeah, mm-hmm. I, I mean, he was, he was fine overall, but those interceptions, like he was begging for the defense to get one. And that's what I was telling, mm-hmm. um, so I did an instant reaction YouTube video with Clint, who's a 49er fan. And that's what I told him is like one thing that had me confident that the Rams were going to win on that final drive was mm-hmm. Jimmy G hasn't thrown his pick yet. And mm-hmm. I, he always throws like that one pick in the game yeah. and he hasn't thrown yeah. it yet. So, yeah. and then it happened. So mm-hmm. um, finally, you know, again, Kyle Shanahan, I, I feel like he, he co- coached okay throughout the game, but then towards the end, he mm-hmm. kind of um, fell apart. And then that fourth and two, yeah. Yeah. how did you feel about that when that happened? So just so the, the listeners know, fourth and two, they lined up. No, they first were going to punt it because they, they, they ran the fullback up the middle who didn't gain anything. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. then sh- uh, Sean McVay challenged a fumble that was clearly not a fumble. So whoever told him mm-hmm. to challenge that should lose his job. <laughs> I don't know yeah. what information he was getting. And then they come yeah. out like they were going to go for it. And I'm like, Oh no, the Rams, you stupid idiots. Why did you do this? Yeah. And they're just trying to draw him offside. So what, what yeah. were your thoughts in that moment? Oh, they 100%. They, especially when you're, I know, uh, Elijah Mitchell had a quiet game. He was pretty much stifled, but it's like, this is your identity. You're smash mouth, run the ball team. Fourth and two, you can ice this game. I mean, okay, so there was 10 minutes left. So maybe maybe that's a little early to say ice the game, but you could step on their throats with this drive. Right. They could have went up uh, 24 you know, score a touchdown up 24 to 14 with, you know, six minutes left, say, if, if they were to finish that drive. Now, and he did have- so, so went to uh, Ben, even if they got a field goal, like, so my yeah. understanding, it was still 7-17 at that point. Was It was 17-14. Oh, it was 17-14. Yep. Okay. Yep. So, so either they would get a field goal and make the Rams have to score a touchdown or mm-hmm. they score a touch. Okay. So I got it now. Go ahead. Yeah, no, so it could have been a two-score game. Mm-hmm. Um, 
But either way, yeah, fourth and two in that situation. They were on the Rams 45-yard line. That's a go for it. For me, 100 times out of 100. <laughs> that's that's a pure gut thing. But that was 100% the chance, and he didn't have the guts to do it. Yeah, and that's where I thought, like, line up, either bubble screen to Debo or mm-hmm. have Debo come in motion and toss it to him or – uh, like a shotgun handoff to Debo that that's the play because he falls forward for three yards. Like that's what Debo's going to yeah. do. So yeah, why not sure. give him the ball in that moment? That, that, that yeah. I, I felt like was a, a bad coaching decision as well. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Any other reasons you want to talk about the 49ers losing? Um. Yeah, just probably, you know, obviously some of that credit has to go to, the Rams, but Elijah Mitchell, 11 carries for 20 yards. Uh, San Francisco needs, and then seven carries for 26. So yeah, we have 30 attempts for Jimmy, 18 handoffs to those two guys. That's not a winning formula for San Francisco at all. So the theme is run the ball this weekend. Yes. yes, (laughs) Clock, Clock management and run the ball when you need to. Correct. Correct. Yep, exactly. Um, so before we move off this game, um, well, no, let's, let's just move off this game. We're done with this game. Let's go. Maybe, maybe always shadow Cooper cop. Maybe that's the other lesson too, which obviously it's harder when you have Odell Beckham on the other side, but you can't cover Cooper cup one-on-one. So yeah, whoever has needs help. That's why I always say like, that's why I've always been like, you got to have two pass catchers because you, it's Hmm. hard to double. Cooper cup and then Odell is getting open. So it, yeah. it's like, well, now we can't double Cooper because Odell is getting open. So now it's like, okay, so we got to kind of like scheme. So, you, you know, try to mess with Stafford, but Stafford was like kind of reading the defense very well. Um, mm-hmm. But anyway, off season for the 49ers, what would you, let me ask this first, before I ask you, what do you like them to see him do? Jimmy G, what do you think happens to him? He's he's got to be somewhere. I mean, they've just they've teased it too much. I don't know how you could. I mean, they might. The best thing for them might be to bring him back, but they've so actively don't want him to be back. I don't. It's it'd be hard to keep him around. Just as as for a, even a confidence thing, I don't know. No, I think I think I was telling Clinton yesterday. The silver lining for any 49ers fan is this. You can now move off of Jimmy Garoppolo because if Jimmy yeah. Garoppolo wins the Super Bowl, that's a positive, right? Like he goes to the Super yeah. Bowl, he wins it. You got to keep him, but at least you won the Super yeah. Bowl. This way, there, you you get pretty far. You had a chance to get to the Super Bowl, but now it's like an Alex Smith, Patrick Mahomes situation where you're like, okay, our yeah. veteran has taken us as far as he can take us. Let's move to our rookie quarterback now. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree. Yeah, I. It, he's he is an average like people if want, people want to pretend he's bad like he's not, he's not bad right you you need to watch like actual bad quarter like I saw someone say like Patrick Mahomes played like poop and it's like okay well I think you need to watch like actual like watch some Mike Glennon snaps before you say that about correct Mahomes. correct yeah, same thing with Jimmy like watch some actual like horrible quarterback play and then you know Jimmy is he's fine. He's yeah. not going to like win tons of games. He's not going to necessarily like lose 
like you said, he's good for that one interception, but he's not like actively losing games for you. But he's just a hard one to face. He's just fine. There's going to be guys that are fine. That's not any. Mm-hmm. That's not a bad thing to be the six. As long as you have good talent around him, and maybe you're not necessarily expecting him to lead you to a Super Bowl, it's okay to be like the 16th to 12th best quarterback in the NFL. Yeah, that's <laughs> yeah. a that's a very fair point. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but for the Niners, they have Trey Lance. Um, so it's like you might as well move off of him and get what you can for yeah. Jimmy G, you know. Um, I, I think Lance, I think there's a lot of potential. I mean, obviously, he was the second pick. So he should have a lot of potential. But, I mean, okay, the Texans are the Texans, but I thought he played nice in that game. Like, I, mm-hmm. there's no reason to think he's not with an offseason as, as the guy. He should be – I think he'll be fine. But, I mean, I guess he's sort of a mystery. But my expectation is that he'll be good. Yeah, I think I, – I like him as well. He has a very live arm, and I fall for any quarterback that can whip the ball 50 yards downfield. Oh, for sure. Like so <laughs> yeah. That's just my kind of quarterback. That's what I would love to have. Um, one thing I was uh, – so any any other moves you think the Niners are going to do? Secondary all the way. They need because they were down to uh, Josh Norman. I think was their like quarterback one. I don't know who if the guy because that was that was the situation for the Packer game. I don't remember if they got guys back for this game, Um, but obviously they need they need cornerbacks. I don't maybe safeties too. I don't know, but obviously their their front seven is stacked. So yeah, that's have a stable running back situation. Um, I think they'll get guys back from injury, but probably another, unless they're just going to permanently have Debo rotate in as a running back, but probably another running back. Although they, who did they, um, didn't they draft someone that got hurt? They might. Or no, they, drafted Trey, they drafted Trey Sermon, right? Oh, right. Yep. And he didn't, yeah, they did. I don't know if he was hurt or if he just is a bust, but he didn't do anything this season. I think he got hurt. Moser got hurt too. I love Moser. He's so fast, but he can't stay healthy. Yeah, he did. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Trey um, Trey Sermon appeared in nine games, so <laughs> yeah, maybe he's not good. <laughs> I don't know, but yeah, I guess I guess they have the guy though. They don't need to go out and get guys because they do have a pretty loaded backfield already. So. Yeah, I, I was. I was. They're probably one of the three best teams in the NFC next year, still. So. Yeah, I was thinking they should just try to see what the Dolphins want for Xavier Howard because the mm-hmm. Dolphins aren't, for some reason, they're not willing to pay him right now, and I'm just like, he's one of the best corners yeah. in the league. Might as well just yeah. offer what you can for him, you know? Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. here, here's a question. Any chance that? Uh, so we'll we'll end on this question before we end the podcast. Any chance that Aaron Rodgers? is a 49er next year. I think there's definitely a chance. Uh, I mean, I think that the Denver situation is more likely because I don't think the Packers would trade him to like their biggest rival right now, but you can't say 0%. It's definitely a possibility. I I don't think even Brady is a less than zero possibility for them. Yeah, I was thinking like what what kind of trade would work for Packer fans in that scenario. So they have the Dolphins first round mm-hmm. pick this year, the the Niners, so they have like the 14th pick 
and then you could throw Trey Lance in there mm-hmm. because you know you you that would mm-hmm. that would and then and then the Packers could move off a of love if anybody's interested in him and I would go with Trey Lance if I were the Packers and and then mm-hmm. you probably have to throw something else you know a couple other first round picks but mm-hmm. that that could be pretty enticing for Green Bay yeah so yeah boy I mean I would I would personally go for it I don't know San Francisco considering they did did they uh ship two or three first round picks to move up and get Lance uh two they gave two to Miami yeah okay so mm, they might they might want to see what they got with him you could you could see though, like if if you're Kyle Shanahan, yeah. you could be like, "Hey, I'm just a quarterback away, and I will yeah. have Aaron Rodgers for three years. We can find a different yeah. quarterback in three years if we have to, you know." So yeah, you could see how he could talk himself into that. Yeah, no, I agree because I mean, I I probably talk about Jordan Love too much, but it's the same. It's like the opposite of the Jordan Love thing because it's like you have Aaron Rodgers for three years, so why are you so concerned about? picking this guy because it's like you don't you don't need to so you could you could sit on you could sit on them because there's no good quarterbacks this year it's like just pick move on and you know I think the Cardinals did like the smartest move of all time and they picked Josh Rosen and then the very next year traded him and picked Kyler Murray it's like yep. okay if he's if there's someone better why are you tied to this guy for three or four years, if he's not any good, move on and find the better guy. <laughs> right. And, and if, even if that might be a hall of fame quarterback, right? Like it's not like, mm-hmm. because in the NFL, your job is so predicated on how good your team does from year to year, you know, as a coach, even as a GM. So if I'm, I don't know, I think it'd be very enticing for both teams. If you throw like two or three first round picks on the table mm-hmm. and, and Trey Lance for Aaron Rodgers. I don't. I, I think that would be pretty enticing for the Packers. Mm-hmm. And I think Lance is supposed to be like a smart. Like he was calling plays at the line at. Uh, okay, I'm, I'm sorry. Is it North Dakota or South Dakota? I forget which one that. I think he was at. I think South, but I'm not sure. Not yeah, <laughs> I get I get them mixed up. Um, yeah. I think it was North. Let's double check because I don't want to be wrong. Yeah, it was North Dakota State. Okay. Um, but I think he was like calling plays to the line and like calling out uh, like offensive line like formations or whatever. So it's like I think he's got like a brain too and a rocket arm. So that's why I think he's got a ton of potential. Right. And that rocket arm will help in Green Bay weather. So just throwing mm-hmm. it out there. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. you probably could get a third round pick for Love. You know, some team will mm-hmm. buy into him. But uh, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, so that was my last question I'd, I'd leave you with. So mm-hmm. anything else, Chris? Don't, don't tantalize me too much because I would do that in a second. <laughs> well, I, I was thinking about it. Uh, I think I was listening to Bill Simmons' podcast, and he kind of brought it up. And I'm like, ah, oh, that's an interesting like idea. Mm-hmm. And what would it take for the Niners to get a hold of Aaron Rodgers? Because I really don't think the Packers should be so worried about like who they trade him to, because you got to recognize mm-hmm. like when you trade him and you're going to lose Adams, you're, you're rebuilding now. Like this is not yeah. like, you're not worried about, Oh, I don't want to trade him to a rival or a, a person in my mm-hmm. conference because you're not, you're not mm-hmm. there right now. Just, just, mm-hmm. just give, get, 
the what you think is the best offer. So if you can get a young mm-hmm. quarterback like Trey Lance, if you don't trust in Jordan Love, mm-hmm. I think going that route would make a lot more sense than trading him to Denver where you could get, you know, Sutton and, and a defensive player, you know, because quarterbacks mm-hmm. are so much more important. So mm-hmm. I take Brandon Ayuk. If they don't want to trade Lance, give us Brandon Ayuk. <laughs> <laughs> well, He's a, I, I like mean, yeah. I think you could get Ayuk and, and Lance. Like, I think you, mm-hmm. you could get both those the first this year and maybe a first in the future, you know, in the future, which is probably what you want because you don't want one mm-hmm. of the first with, with him <laughs> being in San yeah. Francisco because it's not going to be worth anything. So, mm-hmm. okay. Anything else, Chris? Um, Just uh, the ha- how about the halftime show? That was one of the funniest things ever. <laughs> with CBS not being able oh you didn't see that no oh they uh they had the uh, horrible uh uh fancy like Applebee's guy who's doing some like I don't know if he was I didn't see they never like showed him so I didn't see him there but they had like a halftime show with him in Kansas City and they parked like the mega speaker right behind the CBS halftime crew desk and they were all screaming at each other so check that out if you didn't see that because Boomer Sykes is like, I don't know what you guys just said, so I don't know if I'm repeating like what you guys said, but this is what the Bengals need to do. <laughs> so it was just like complete white noise the whole halftime show. So it was it was hilarious. Oh boy, I'll tell you, I'll have to I'll have to look it up. Give me something to look for. Yeah. To. Um, otherwise, I think we I think we we got it all. Okay. Awesome. Well, thanks so much for joining me, Chris. Thank everybody else for listening. If you haven't yet, uh, subscribe to the podcast and rate and review it. Uh, If you haven't yet, check out my YouTube clips. I did an instant reaction for both the Chiefs game and the 49ers and Rams game uh, as soon as they ended. Um, Subscribe to that channel, like, and thanks so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed, and we'll talk to you guys soon.